will follow us all the days of our lives. So tonight, or this morning, Lord, as we come into this place, we come with grateful hearts. We come, oh God, with hearts that says, oh Lord, we are grateful for all that you have done and all that you are doing. So Father, we declare an open heaven over this house and over this gathering this morning. We acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit that is in this place. And we say, Holy Spirit, this minister to us. Have your way in us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, amen. Genesis chapter 29 and uh, verse 31. I just want to read a few verses. It says, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, and he enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and she named him Reuben. For she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely now my husband will love me. She conceived again and she, birth, and she gave birth to a son. And she said, because the Lord has heard me, heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. And so she named him Simeon. Again she conceived and she, she gave birth to a son. And she said, now at last, my husband has become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So she named him Levi. And then the Bible says in verse 35, she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. And then she stopped having children. When I looked at this portion of scripture, it seems like a strange portion of scripture. But one of the things that when we looked at the life of Leah, that means she got, uh, she got married to Jacob as, as part of a trade-off. And, and, and the challenge was that she never felt fully accepted in the marriage. And part of producing children, she felt that the more children that she produced, there would be a closer bond between her and Jacob. And, and, and the more she, 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 she thought of it, the first time when she produced uh, Reuben, she says, surely the Lord has seen my misery and has given him something that will be a connect between her and, and, and Jacob. But then she comes again and she says, the Lord has given me this one too in, in, in Simeon. And, 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 and he says, uh, the Lord heard that I'm not loved. So there was a, a whole el element of her life that was focused on her being loved and feeling accepted. And, and she produces three sons. She produces Reuben, and then she produces Simeon, and then she produces Levi saying, now maybe he will be attached to me. But when it came to the fourth son, Judah, she says, now I'll, this time I will praise the Lord. You know that sometimes we do so much to seek people's approval. And all Leah was doing was trying to seek her husband's approval. But she, when she came to the place of producing a Judah, she says, this time, the Lord, I will praise the name of the Lord. She came to the place where she realized it's all about him. And when you move beyond your point of trying to find people's approval, you'll come to the place where you'll be able to produce something that will be a praise to the Lord. Amen. I pray that God will move you beyond the place of seeking everybody's approval and everybody's because you know the, 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 the reality in life is that not everybody is going to accept us and the more we try to seek people's acceptance the more you start to find there will be there will be challenges in your life your self-worth your sense of self-value gets diminished because you're trying to seek other people's approval but when, when Leah came to the place where she was confident in who she was in God she produced a Judah. I pray that you will produce a Judah in your life. That, that she say, makes this statement, this time, I will praise the Lord. That it will be about our responsibility to say, let us praise our Father. So Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. Thank you that you move beyond our inadequacies and you move beyond our failings and you bring us to that place where we can just be a praise unto you. And so today, let our lives produce that can, that can be used from you. We know that out of the tribe of Judah, not only came the worshippers, but came the first king of Israel. 
We know that Christ is born into the lineage of Judah. Thank you that we can produce something that will make an everlasting mark on the earth. And so today I pray that in the lives of people, when we, when we stop pleasing flesh, we will begin to produce that which brings glory to our King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Bless your people today as we fellowship together in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. Amen. You're looking like you're smiling through, the, through those masks. And, and so we pray a, a big blessing over you and that you have a blessed day even in the presence of the Lord. Thank you for joining with us. God bless. Hallelujah. Come on, we come to praise God this morning. Amen. It's Mother's Day. It's a beautiful day to be alive. To give God all the glory. And we're going to rejoice this morning.
right now, God, we say, do what you are famous for. Hallelujah. Our God can do the impossible. And we declare this morning, our glory belongs to him.
that may God increase in you a greater measure of his love and grace. Amen. So on behalf of, of the church and, uh, and the leadership of the house, we want to just wish all of our mothers a happy Mother's Day. Amen. I'm going to share a few thoughts with you, but before I do that, I'm going to ask Pastor Martin just to share a, a thought with us and just greet all of our mothers today. Amen. Amen. I greet you this beautiful Mother's Day morning in the precious name of Jesus. I'm just going to just give a little uh, exhortation on Genesis 24. And it speaks of Abraham sending his servant to go and find a wife for Isaac. And the criteria was that she must, not, uh, she must give water to the servant to drink and also to the camels. And Rebecca passes the test because not only was she a beautiful woman, but she was strong. She carried the jar on her shoulders back and forth until all of the camels had been watered. Now the servant came with 10 camels and we know how uh, camels have to have a lots of water in order to sustain themselves. She had immense strength on her shoulders that the servant was stunned into silence. When he saw her walking up and down through the river back and forth, he had no words because of the strength that she had. And so today I want to encourage you, all you young moms that are out there, who are balancing life with little children, career, and building your homes, you have strong shoulders. To those who have children at school and at university, and some of you are forced to work and keep house, know today that you have strong shoulders. To the older moms like me, whose children have left or are leaving the nest, God is redefining your purpose. You have strong shoulders. To the single moms out there, to whatever circumstance you find yourself raising your children on your own, it's a difficult task, but God has given you strong shoulders. To those who have lost children through miscarriage, at birth, or along life's journey, God is touching your shoulders and strengthening you this morning. To the sons and daughters, who have lost their mothers. Today will be a nostalgic day, but may it be filled with beautiful memories. I pray today that you will have a beautiful Mother's Day. And on behalf of Pastor Gerald and myself and our respective families, we want to wish you all a blessed Mother's Day. Go out, enjoy yourself, and be spoiled. Amen. 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 mothers today, amen? A, a nice portion of scripture as well, uh, dealing with Rebecca, amen? And, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit today. I, I want to just salute, as I said this morning, all of our mothers, amen? Um, and I want to speak on a topic I've entitled my message this morning, Phenomenal Women, amen? Uh, we, were, we were thinking about the Mother's Day gift that will be apt for our mothers in the church and we just didn't have the time to, to get it done. But I wanted to do aprons for, for the mothers, amen? Not because you only cook. <laughs> but on it, I wanted to put something, a, a, a few statements, and I wanted to say phenomenal women. Hashtag highly favored. Amen. Hashtag abundantly blessed. Hashtag a daughter of destiny. Amen. Amen. Because, and I didn't want it to just be just something, I wanted it to be a reminder to you who you are. And also to a reminder to those that are around you as to who you are and what you can. Amen. Because that's what how I see the women in our lives. Amen. We, we're all blessed to have strong women that have weathered some storms gone through some challenges. Amen? Yeah. Uh, but God has been with them. And so today we want to take a moment to, to salute our, mo our mothers on this Mother's Day. I know a lot of people say every day is Mother's Day. And it's true. Every day is your birthday. You get a day older. But you take one day in the year to celebrate your birthday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can't celebrate it every day. So you take one day to remember it. So, so what we're doing is we're taking one day, one moment out to just acknowledge our mothers and understand that uh, mothers play an important role. I, I know in most families, 
mothers are the one that holds the family together. And uh, having, <coughs> I got water here, it's fine. Uh, I don't know why, my throat up a second, so it must be a Or maybe I want to cry. <laughs> but I, I, I believe that uh, mothers play a very important role in our lives, and we're using the moment to pause and just acknowledge not only the things that they do, but the sacrifices they make for us. Amen. We, we know our mothers make a lot of sacrifices, and uh, I, I know we grew up in, in a family, and I have a wife that does the same thing. She is the one that dishes food for all of us first, and then she eats last. Now, I know some of the younger ones, they eat it for themselves. And they say, hey, whatever is left here, you have. You know? but, but, but we know most mothers do that. And when you have guests, you tend to take care of your guests first, and then you take care of yourself. But there's something about it that has a caring, nurturing nature that begins to come out in everything. And I, and I want to salute you today and pray that for, for some of you that are finding definition, and like Pastor Maggie said, there are various roles that mothers play, and they go through different seasons. Young mothers have to be focused a lot on nurturing their family, their children, and their careers, and, uh, and we know that is quite a challenge, even in present day, but we are grateful for those, even senior mothers, amen, that still speak grace and wisdom into the lives of children. How many of us know that the Bible says that we build on the foundations both old and new. Amen? That means when you're younger, you think only the new things is the right thing. But as you grow, you have to realize that there's some things that have been done before you that works. And you don't have to go and rebuild. Or what they say, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just continue building from there. And so may the Lord help us to rebuild. Amen? May the Lord bless you. So I want to share today on a few characters of scripture, uh, hopefully, hopefully that this will, will bless you. Maybe I'll use Pastor Maggie's uh, scripture uh, just to bounce off from Genesis 24 when she spoke about Rebecca. And uh, I believe that Rebecca was phenomenal because she stepped into the unknown. She was about to marry a man that she never met. And without hesitation, she decided to obey. That's, that's powerful. Amen. That's powerful. Amen. Amen. For some of you, I'm going to be an Abraham. Amen. You know, you know what Abraham did, right? His son Isaac needed a wife. He got his servant. He said, "Go and find him." For some of you, amen. For some of you, they say, "No, pastor, I found already." Amen. So you better tell early, you know, Nikhil, because what else you find? Amen. It's an anointing. Fine. Amen. So, so, so he goes and finds Rebecca, but he gives the qualities of her. And when the servant finds Rebecca, he finds her doing certain things. I, I want you to understand this. This is a very, very powerful thing. Yeah. The, 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 the challenge was that Rebecca was already doing yeah. certain things. Yeah. She was doing the work. Yeah. Before she comes into marriage, she was already doing wifely things. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. She knows how to behave. Amen? Yeah. So you've got to un understand this. Because the Bible says, he who finds a wife, wife finds a good thing. That finds a woman. Yeah. Finds a good wife. She's doing wifely things. Good things. Amen? That's the, that, that is the challenge. So when he finds her, the, 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 the servant was moved yeah. by her behavior. Not only her beauty, mm. but also her behavior. Because, you, 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 you know, the, the Bible said beauty is vain. Yeah. You know, it changes. Yeah. Yeah. How I looked 26 years ago, and I look now, I look better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone that knows the Farmer Brown chicken head, but, you know, you know why. Amen. But the reality was that when he saw Rebecca, he saw her doing certain things. But, uh, but the amazing thing was, she responded to the suggestion that he made. 
and without hesitation she decided to go and believe and I, 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 I want you to understand she saw the hand of God because she trusted in the loving hand of God and the gracious evidence of the sovereign God was seen in her life she became a brighter man that she never met and for the first time she would meet him at the day that she married now some of you think it's a strange phenomenon you know this concept of uh, arranged marriages is a strange phenomenon but it's worked some of us are grandchildren of arranged marriages i have a sister that was a arranged marriage but it worked amen so i want you to understand there are certain principles i'm not pushing for anything but i'm, I'm, I'm saying to you that, you know rebecca it worked because there were certain characteristics but i want you to understand what's a what's a mark of a phenomenal woman one that is able to step out into to the unknown and believe god that god will be with her one that will learn how to obey quickly and respond quickly amen some of us need to get to that place but then i we started off this morning by reading in genesis chapter 29 about leah and now we know leah was married to uh, to jacob she was not jacob's choice she worked uh, jacob worked for laban and as a trade off he gave him one of the daughters to marry and he was working for rachel but he was tricked by his father in law and he was given he was given leah and the promise was that he, he said because you can't marry off the younger one before you marry off the older amen now some of you that know indian families it used to be like that you know you to wait you know the, the older ones had to get married to say i'm fortunate my mom and dad got that grace you know because they had to wait for shadow i don't know what me was doing so i had to wait my mom and dad got married to wait amen but but the lord has been good amen, amen. but yeah yeah we find so he got he got clear not out of choice and the challenge was that she came into the marriage knowing that she wasn't chosen she came into the marriage with much challenges and 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 everything she did did was to be able to seek the approval of of, of Jacob and even in having children she thought that she would please him in some way i, I, I want you to understand this but the the reality is she finally came to the place where she reached the heart of worship she reached the heart of god from yearning for the love of her husband from fighting for his his affirmation her eyes begins to become open that there is something greater in terms of purpose yeah. that she was going to produce a judah yeah. and through judah is going to come the first king of israel or, or, or one of the greatest kings of israel david not only would he be the greatest king of israel but through that lineage will produce the christ but she had to come through the place of coming through her pain i want to talk to the women today that have come through some things and didn't let the situation that they went through define them because this is the important thing everything in life produces a journey but if you camp in the place of bitterness if leah camped in the place of bitterness all she would have done throughout her life was trying to seek the approval of Jacob but she had to come to the place where she had to mature and you see her slowly maturing because firstly when she produces Reuben she says lord the lord has seen my misery then when she produces a Simeon she says the lord knows that i was not loved and he gave me another one and then when she produces a Levi she says now maybe my husband will be attached so she's there's a closeness that is developing and there's a maturity that is developing but when she produces a Judah she says this time i will praise the lord amen that we will get to the place where we you know we many of us try to seek too many people's approval and i know this is a challenge for many women and in in many households where where the wife is trying to do everything and 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 sometimes you say it i do everything to please these people mm-hmm. i i, I said it people you you know yeah. i don't you yeah. but we, yeah. you know you say i i did everything to please this wife yeah. <laughs> nothing i can do right for this wife yeah. yeah but but she comes to that place where she says now i produce something 
that will be a praise unto God. I, I want you to get to that place where we, where, where we see how she gets to the place where she sees that God is a compassionate God. And that God uh, moves her beyond her pain so that she can produce something that will be a praise unto God. This is a powerful thing when we begin to move beyond our pain. Because many of us find ourselves stuck in a certain part of our journey. Hannah in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1. Let us go there to 1 Samuel chapter 1. And verse 7. And it says, And this went on year after year, whenever Hannah went up with the house of with the house uh, to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and she would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why, why, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why, why are you downhearted? Don't, don't I mean to you more than ten sons? And once they had finished eating and drinking in, in Shiloh, Hannah stood up, and now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the house and in her deep anguish Hannah prayed to the Lord weeping bitterly and she made a vow saying the Lord Almighty if you will look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant but give her a son then I will give him to you to the Lord all the days of his life no razor will be on his head, uh, uh, will ever be used on his head. And she kept on praying, and Eli, and Eli observed her mouth. I want you to understand, Hannah is in this place, she's married to Elkanah. Elkanah has another wife, she has children, and, 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 and like in those days, it was, such a, it was such a thing to have a child. And she felt very, uh, she felt very uh, inadequate because she was unable to produce children. And that hurt her. And yet her husband loved her, but the love of her husband could not compare to the love of a child and, the, and, and what it would have brought her. But she, she comes into this place where she's coming to the temple yet another year, and she's coming as a family. They're coming to offer their prayers and their sacrifice unto God. But when she comes in, she comes weeping. And her husband begins to try and console her because he's seen this. This is not the first time. He's seen this happen several times. So, but he's trying to console her, but nothing he could say would console her. He even said to her, am I not to you like 10 sons? Yeah. And he'll say, no. You don't want 10 sons. One son is like 10 sons. And she had an open, you know, as she said, uh, uh, or, 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 or Naomi saying to Ruth, you know, you are like to me, like seven sons. It's a lot. Amen? <laughs> Ten is a lot. Eh? I mean, I, I remember we came from grandparents that had children, 10 children, and 13 children. Now we have one and we think. But, I, you know, honestly, I had to balance off the equation in our family. That's why we only had one. You'll understand that later. This was because of Neil and Emmanuel. So we had to balance the ratio. But, so we find that Eli is seeing her and she's beginning to pray. But there's something different this time about how she prays. In verses 11, she says, And she made a vow to the Lord. And she said to the Lord, if you would give me a son and remember me. And she was specific. She didn't say, give me a child. She said, give me a son. Then, he said, then she says, I will give him to you all the days of his life. I, I want you to understand this. When, when, when Hannah prayed, she said, this is what moved the heart of God. To look upon her and give her her child. Not because she didn't, just because she didn't have children. But this time she said, Lord, when you give me a child, I'm going to give him back to you. And the reality was, she asked not only for her own need to be met, but she was saying, God, as I look at where Israel is going to, 
and I look at Eli and I look at how the, the, the glory of God is departing slowly from, from Israel. You need a prophet. You need something. And let me be the one that will produce what you need. Sometimes your prayers will get answered just because you are producing that which God needs. You see, sometimes we are asking just out of selfish. I want for myself. But when we get to the place where we say, God, you've got a need. Yeah. I've got the ability to meet that need. Yeah. So use me to meet that need. Yeah. And so once, once God is using you to meet that need, you have been blessed yeah. in the process. Yeah. She was saying, I'm, all, I'm only going to be happy if you bless me and you use me as a conduit in the process to be a blessing for you. And, and, and so we see how God begins to bless us. Now I want you to understand. It all started out by one statement. She made a vow to the Lord. How many of us sometimes have said, made a vow to the Lord? Or you prayed a prayer similar to this and you said, Lord, if you give me a job, I will be faithful in this, 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 this. That's a vow. Some of you say that, Lord, if you heal me, I will do this, 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 this. But how many of us have vowed a vow and not kept it? And then we wonder why the heavens are shut over our lives because you made a commitment to God, but you didn't honor your part. God honored his part. He healed you. He provided a job for you. He provided employment for you. He gave you an answer to your prayer, but you didn't, wasn't faithful in your response. I pray today, when you bow a vow unto the Lord, the Bible says, keep it. Amen? Because that vow judges you. So the, power, the powerful thing in this is, we see a woman here, the characteristics of this phenomenal woman was that she was able to move beyond her barrenness. To produce something that will be a blessing. And you know that the powerful thing was at the dedication of Samuel. She will leave Samuel from that moment on to grow up in the temple. And the Bible says that a young boy Samuel grew sleeping next to the Ark of the Covenant. I want to say to you all young people, the best place to grow is in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says God blessed Samuel in such a phenomenal way. He carried such a measure of the anointing of God on his life that the Bible says none of his words that Samuel spoke fell to the ground. That means every word that he spoke, the word of the Lord that he released, began to produce something. Amen. And this is the powerful thing about it. Some of you need to begin to re-look at your children and look at the anointing that they are carrying and remind them about that, what the anointing is and remind them of what God has given them. You know, I'm a product of a vow made to the Lord. I know I've been born to do this. Because when I was struggling with with, when, with my speech and having a major speech defect, my father prayed a prayer. New Christian, he prayed a prayer. He said, Lord, if you give my son back his speech, I'll give him back to you. He didn't have to come and tell me what I needed to do. Hannah didn't go and tell Samuel, this is what the vow I made to the Lord. It was for Samuel to respond to that which I was doing. And the way, the best way I honor my father is by doing what, I, what he inquired about to the Lord. And I want you to get to this place where you start to understand Come on, parenting is just not yeah. about, about raising them, giving them an education, yeah. Yeah. and get, uh, hopefully they get a good career, and get good jobs, and move on. You've got to understand and tell them the stories yes. of the things that has produced yeah. life yeah. and produced certain things in their journey. So that and and don't don't miss this because we we will misdirect our children yeah. because if we don't tell them the things that has been for their peace that belongs to their breakthrough. That means God has produced something. That this is important so that as they walk in, they don't think I'm a young man, I'm going to do what my friends do and I'm going to live like how other people live and I'm going to do my own thing. No, I have to be directed by how God brought me and ushered me into this earth. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah. 
there's some things about to happen. And I began to realize you vowed a vow to the Lord. I want to challenge each one of you that have made some commitment to the Lord. Honor it. Do it. Some of you have experienced, you know, certain strongholds and certain obstacles in your life because you haven't kept that which you have promised God. Amen. Not, not that God needs it, but He deserves it. And you, and 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 the, the reality is that He's looking for your heart to see your heart in everything that you are doing. Amen. But then there's another woman in the scriptures called Priscilla in the New Testament because I use some Old Testament examples. But there was a, a, a woman by the name of Priscilla. She did ministry together with her husband Aquila. And the Bible describes her like this. He describes her as an effective mentor because together with her husband they took Apollos, explained to him the word of the Lord, they were instrumental in doing ministry together, in shaping others to do the work of the Lord. Paul also mentions this couple because they risked their lives to do the work of the ministry. They were the ones that welcomed Paul even into their home. So I want you to understand this, that there are certain people like Priscilla that carries an ability to shape the next generation. There are some of the women that carries an ability to shape the next generation into their purposes and are able to sacrifice for the work of the ministry. Not only were they, were they, were they open to receiving Paul and taking care and ministering to Paul, but they were also able to minister at the risk of their own and at the cost of their own family, they were able to do ministry. Amen. This is something powerful, is a characteristic that many couples don't see today. Even in all of your planning, you should also plan how do we serve God as a couple, as a family, as a household. What is our commitment to the house of the Lord? What is our sacrifice to the house of the Lord? And this is this is a very, very powerful portion and a, a powerful picture of, of a life. But then we also see Esther. Esther born into a home and into a family, often at a young age, finds herself in the house of Mordecai, and Mordecai shapes her to, and positions her in the palace. Eventually, she finds favor with the king, and she becomes queen over, over, over the nation. And Israel is in a place where Israel is now at threat. And so, Mordecai comes to her and he says, you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Now, I want you to understand what is remarkable about this lesson. Esther was an orphan. You know, sometimes some people grow up in homes where you've got a single parent household. Or you are orphaned at a young age. And sometimes you go throughout your whole life thinking that the world owes you something and blaming all the things that you didn't have and saying just because I didn't have this I'm not where I, sh I should be I want you to understand like Esther God sent a Mordecai her way that positioned her not only for her own breakthrough but for the breakthrough of the nation I want you to understand no matter how we have gotten to the place of becoming mothers becoming wives becoming woman and our, our challenges in our life we may have not had certain parental figures we may have not had certain people in our life that others have but I pray today that that will not become the excuse of the person you become today just because you didn't have a father doesn't make you less fortunate amen there are some things yes you know, in, in the normal thing, we think, hey, everyone grows up like this. But I want you to understand, God will show up. Amen. Amen. Even if you didn't have a strong mother figure in your life, God will show up. God will give you the grace to be a good and a phenomenal yes. woman. Amen. Amen. So don't make the mistakes. You see, Esther had to go past the point of understanding that she was an orphan, feeling sorry for herself. 
but she had to position herself and understand that destiny will not be altered just because the start or the in-between was somehow inhibited. I want you to understand that destiny and God's plan for your life will not be inhibited because there's been some mistakes along the way. That God's purpose for your life will be fulfilled. You've got to understand you are coming to the kingdom for such a time as this. A powerful woman. Amen. A woman that was prepared to sacrifice her own life for the nation of Israel. What did Esther model? She modeled bravery and courage even at the risk of her own life. I want you to get to that place where as even as women, that is not just about you. Don't develop the selfish mentality. There's a very circular thinking right now and a very worldly thinking right now that women think a lot about themselves. And sometimes they focus on themselves and what they have and their careers and everything else, they, 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 they shun the responsibility of it. Now, this is not cultural. This is a cross-cultural background because today it's all because how I look, what it, and everything is about that. And sometimes we have negated the other roles that you play just for the sake of looking good. So become careful not to make those mistakes. Amen? Be prepared to even sacrifice your own well-being so that you can be impactful of the lives. I mean, she broke through her the intimidation of going and facing the king so that she can become influential. Some of you are not influential because it's about just, you've closed it only about yourself. As a woman, make it sure that it's bigger than yourself. Last one, last example, Deborah. Deborah was a prophet, a judge in Israel. She was known for her wisdom, courage, and a compassionate zeal for justice. She was a woman that, uh, that rose to national leadership in a time when women were not national leaders. She came up in a time she dealt with the turmoil of her day and made great advancements. And the, and the Bible says that Israel became a more powerful nation under the leadership of Deborah. I want you to understand, even as women that are in the marketplace, may God cause you to increase your power and your sphere of influence. May you become a blessing. But be a Deborah. That means be known for your wisdom, your courage, your, your, your compassion, but also know, be known for the grace of God that you carry and that you bring into that place. Amen. And, and so as we look at these various examples, there's, there's a few more that I want you to look at, like, like Mary of Bethany and, and, and the Samaritan woman. But all of those that, uh, that we see, even Mary of Bethany and, uh, and uh, even Mary Magdalene, sorry, I was wanting to talk about Mary Magdalene. She was the one that was delivered from demonic oppression. We know her lifestyle was not the choice lifestyle of the day, but God still chose to use it. I want you to understand some, some things that we have done along the way that may have affected our lives, but I want you to know it doesn't alter your destiny. Amen. Your destiny is hid in Christ. Amen. So may, may God cause you to become a phenomenal woman, a woman that of value, a woman that makes a difference. And we thank God for each one of our, our mothers and we know this, not only the sacrifices, but their love for God. And I, and I pray, you know, one of the blessings within this house is we've got a lot of mothers, even our senior mothers that really pray for the church. Amen. And so I want you to become a praying woman, a, a woman that carries the word of God in your mouth, but more than anything else, you be a woman of God. Amen. Highly favored, abundantly blessed, a daughter of destiny. Amen. Let's just bow our heads together. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Truly, you are a great and an awesome God. You are, you are faithful. You are the great I am. Oh God, thank you for breaking through on our behalf. Thank you, oh God, for manifesting your grace and your glory. And so today, we pause and we take this moment to bless our mothers. Bless those, oh God, that have sacrificed. Bless those that have endured through some hardships, oh God. Gone through some things. Bless those that is influencing generations and that is positioning generations. 
for their purposes in God. So we pray today that you would bless them, keep them, Lord, for all each one of us that is here, this minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen, amen, amen. Come, let's just stand to